Um, cool. I want to speak to you this morning about, um, about this idea of breaking camp. I've got my camp chair with me today. Ta-da! Yes, things just got considerably more exciting. I've got my, my camp ready to go. Um, let me just explain to you in real... I don't want to um, bring any confusion because you'd be like, oh, what does breaking camp mean? Let me just explain to you really quickly what I mean by this concept of breaking camp, okay? Breaking camp is about moving into the next thing that God has for you, okay? It's actively packing up sometimes where you've been for a long time and moving into the direction, the new thing that God has for you. Now, that doesn't mean location. I'm not speaking about leaving church. What it means is sometimes God wants to progress us spiritually, and he wants us to step out in lots of different ways. From the comfort zones that we find ourselves in, okay, and I, I mean like these comfort zones of sometimes the safe places, and he wants us to move into the new thing, into the next thing into the next thing that he has for us. And what that means is we have to sometimes actively pack up from where we've been, a place that could sometimes be a bit stale, a bit familiar, a bit comfortable, and move, move into the next thing that he's called us to do, which is sometimes risky, it's sometimes scary, it's sometimes unfamiliar, But God is still calling us to progress and to move and to trust. I'm going to, I'm just going to share with you really quickly. I hate camping. I'm not going to lie. Have we got any happy campers? Oh, Josh, you hate camping. Yes. We've got some happy campers secretly and they're like, oh, I actually enjoy it. Um, (laughs) And there's shame here, okay? But I'm not going to lie. I hate camping. I, 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 I'm. I don't understand the idea of choosing to leave your comfortable bed at home and think, I know, I'll, I'll really enjoy sleeping on the floor, outside, in the cold. Or, or even with, like, you know, the comfort of your pillow. Having a nice, warm pillow at night is a good thing. And then choosing to have a damp pillow. You know the, the, where it's like your, your head is like on the pillow, but you've also got like the tent and the, the damp, wet, just cold. That is true. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to share with you how bad my tent is in just a minute, okay? My tent is horrendous. So that, that, that probably is the solve, okay? Let me share with you actually one of the things that I don't like about, camp, don't like about camping the most. This isn't a t- this, this is a tent, okay? Okay, now let me share with you quickly. It's probably true. This is the reason why I hate camping, and I'm going to show you why with passion, okay? Camping is fun. Setting up camp, we're all good, okay? Let's go camping together. You ready? Whoa! Amazing! We've gone camping. We're all good to go. That's not, that's not bad. That's a tent. I mean, it's kind of a tent. It's a bit broken. Don't know what's going on here. But here's the thing that I find challenging. Okay, and this is what I want to speak about this morning. It's all good. We've set up tent. Getting this thing now. Where is it? I've lost it already. Is it underneath? Oh, there it is. 
back into this thing. Like, I mean, as enjoyable as camping is, it's different, it's fun, it's quirky. But the, the, the irritation of constantly having to, like, work out why they've made this bag so small. It's like the sleeping bag. You know when you roll out your sleeping bag, it's all comfortable and nice. And then you have to spend about an hour cramming it and rolling it, like, tightly. Like, there's, like, experts. I mean, like, like, like have to cram it in and, like, sweat one out trying to do it. Here's the thing. I'm going to try and do this this morning, and I'm going to try and achieve it in Jesus' name. Yeah. Are you ready for it? Come on. Is there belief in the room? Here we go. I'm going to need some, encu- I'm going to need some encouragement. Here we go. We're going. We're going. We're there. I'm not sure this is how it's supposed to go, but here we go. Just get all the air out. There we go. We're nearly there. See, this is why I hate camping. good we're all safe step one complete I've got hold of this thing step two of the pack-up plan is the I mean Sorry, people. Let me put the mic down for a minute. Oh, my goodness. Come on, please work, please. Okay, I feel We're going to go again, people. Is there belief in the room? I mean, this is going to be the crux of my sermon right now. 30 minutes of us packing up this tent. Here we go. Let's go again, people. Okay. So twist that back out. Okay, so if this bit goes up, like so, okay, so what needs to happen is this needs to, like, twist in somehow. That's it, that's it. It's too big, is it? Okay, let's lift it up again. This is horrendous. Okay, let's have a look at the instructions. Oh, the joys. Okay, so 
Guys, look, we've got step one, step two, step three. Step three, we have to somehow twist into small circle, okay? Let's bring it right out. Let's start again. Lots of sound. We had it on the beach last time. We used it. Oh, there's clapping. There's encouragement in the room. If this is wrong now, I don't know what we're going to do. Okay, so I'm going to come to you. That's it. Squeeze the air out. So we lay it flat. Wait, wait, wait. Let's get the air out first. No, wait, wait, wait. Perfect. 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 Okay, now if we grab this bit, and should there should be. Yeah, that's it. It's a case of twisting somehow. Twisting. That's it. Other way, other way, other way. In, in, on the inside, I think it goes. That's it. I think it comes this way. Is it? Is that right? No, that's. I hate, I hate camping. <laughs> I cannot stand camping. Right. Come on. This is oh, that's why. Because it just needs to come there. This bit over to here. Why have they made this so complicated? We're just going to have to awkwardly keep trying, people. <laughs> this works like pretty much second time in the first service. Okay, come on, let's do it. Maybe fifth or sixth. All right, Rich, just go with it. Amazing. Right, so this bit here, I think. Oh. I'm good. That's, that's where it's going to end up in a minute. Is that the right side? What is going on? We might need more help, Lou. Who's the expert? More help, thank you. Right. I have given up. I'm not going to lie. It is possible. It has to be possible. How? Let's get a bigger bag. Rich, we're going to need your help in a minute, dude. I'm not going to lie.
Oh, I see. Yeah, yeah. That can't be right. The same one! I don't know whether to give up at this point. We might have to move on. Yay, we broke camp. (laughs) Last time, last time. Come on, last time. Come on. This is it. Okay, so this bit over to this bit down here. All the way down to the bottom, that's it. Let's get all the air out. So if we lean on it a minute and break it. Somehow, what happens, according to the instructions, is when you lift this bit up, should... (laughs) That's definitely not supposed to happen. This is awful. I give up. It worked perfectly well in the first. Can I show you some pictures? Picture number one. Anyone know where that is? Not Leeds. It's Reading. Reading Festival. Okay. That's Reading Festival two days after the festival. Okay. People don't like breaking camp. I hate breaking camp. But what that says to me is... Lots of people hate breaking camp. The concept of having to break camp from where they were, is ju- they'd just rather leave it behind. Let's have a look at the next one quickly. This is Glastonbury, okay? Glastonbury, this is two days after the festival, okay? It t- Glastonbury is about four or five days long as a festival, okay? It takes six weeks for people to break down all of the tents that have been left behind. It takes a team of 1,000 paid people. It costs 800,000 pounds to help people that have not managed to break camp. And here's the thing is um, biblically, okay, God actually requires us to break camp quite a lot. There's moments, there's various moments in scripture where God actually requires people and individuals to break camp. Okay, Abraham... He was called to leave from where he was and to go into a place he didn't even know. Mental, okay? There's another story, David, one of the most famous stories in the Old Testament. David versus Goliath. Thanks, Josh, okay? What happens in that story is his brothers, they've been camping, okay? And they're stuck in camp because there's a giant and there's an enemy, a Philistine giant that the Bible says has been hurling insults at them for days. Imagine that. It says morning and evening, the Bible says that Goliath used to shout, you're not good enough. You're rubbish. Who do you think you are to be us? And they're just there camping. That is grim. What the Bible says is David, a man after God's own heart, he rocks up to the camp and his first thought is thinking, well, I need to, I need to break camp. I need to go out and and actually face up to the giant. Who does this Philistine giant think that he is to speak about my God like that? Oh, I'm not staying here. I can't stay here. I have to break. (laughs) 
Thank you. <laughs> Thank you very much. Just if you're watching online, basically they just, they just owned it. Um, thanks, Lewis and Josh. Cool. So, Philistines, the giant, and David anointed says, I have to break camp. Who does he think he is? Moves out of the camp as quickly as he can. And his brothers are thinking, you're crazy, you're mental. You, we need to stay here. You don't have a side. You, you need to go back to like shepherding sheep. Who do you think you are? He's like, well, I know who I am in God. And I can't stay here and let this guy keep us trapped. Let the enemy keep us stuck and stale. I have to break out of that place. There's another story in, uh, where in the Old Testament with Elijah. And it says that God takes him to a place of provision where mental story, where God provides ravens to supply food. It says that God supplies ravens to bring him bread and meat in this camp. And then, and then what it says in the Bible is it says, then the stream that he was next to, camping next to, it runs dry. And God says, it's time to move on. So what God does is he takes him to a place of provision, initial provision. But then God's like, it's time to go. And Elijah goes and moves on. Even though God's been providing, even though it's been like Cinderella. No, what's the story where all the birds are bringing like things? Is it Cinderella? Beauty and the Beast, I don't know. Where God's just saying there's this overwhelming, incredible, like miraculous provision. And yet he's still required to break camp eventually. And the last thing as well is I was thinking about this idea of breaking camp is in the New Testament, the transfiguration of Jesus. What happens is, is that um, they're, they're, they're Peter and James and John, they're... They're literally watching the glory of God in front of their eyes. And Jesus is shining like the sun, the Bible says. He's white like the sun. And, and there's Moses and there's Elijah. And Peter's like, oh, my goodness. Don't worry, Lewis and Josh. I'm not going to get out again. <laughs> oh, man. Anyway, Peter is like, I know. This is amazing. Let's make camp. Let's do it. And what's interesting about that story is that God says, this is my son of whom I'm well pleased. And in the very next verse... He doesn't reply and say we shouldn't break, we shouldn't make camp. Is Jesus is just walking back down from being in the place of glory, and Peter is following Jesus. They've not made camp. What that says to me is, even where the glory of God is, has been, what it means to follow Jesus is just to continually be following, tracking, pursuing Him, not that place. You with me? What it means to be following Jesus, actively pursuing Him, is not remaining in, in the comfortable space that this is where where maybe even like it's got a bit stale it may be even like there's a, a spirit of apathy and what I mean by ap apathetic living is literally like indifference like it, take it or leave it it doesn't really matter you've lost the fire the fires burn out in your camp you've set up shop and you're ready to stay no matter what even if even if the fire has gone out. And here's the thing. It's really important to understand this concept of, of apathetic living. Is, is different to laziness. Because laziness goes, my fire's burnt out. And I can't be bothered to get up and get the fire going again. Apathy says, my fire's burnt out. And I don't even care. Are you with me? And, and the thing is, is... <laughs> Like, before we know it, even though maybe God has been good in this place, God's plan for your life isn't to stay there. Often the case, God requires us to make movement. 
And we're going to look at a chapter where this happens and how it works itself. It's in chapter uh, 3 in Joshua, the book of Joshua. Joshua is a great leader, a really, really important leader. And um, we're just going to read uh, Joshua chapter 3 together. Here's what it says. It says, um, early in the morning, Joshua and the Israelites, they set out and they went to the Jordan where they'd camped before crossing over. After three days, the officers went throughout the camp, giving orders to the people. When you see the Ark of the Covenant, the Lord your God, the Levitical priests carrying it, you're to move. You're actually to, you, you need to move out. Speak, just turn to the person next to you and say, move out. From your positions and follow it. Then you will know which way to go since you've never been this way before. Note to self, if you've been a qualified Christian for years and years and years, okay, God calls us to places we've never been before. And then it says, but keep the distance about 2,000 meters, or cubits, sorry, which is about 300 meters, between you, he says this to the people, and the Ark of the Covenant. And Joshua told the people, he said, concentrate yourselves tomorrow. Get this, amazing things are going to happen. I love that verse. Amazing things. Joshua says to the priest, take up the Ark of the Covenant and pass on ahead of the people. So they took up um, and they went ahead of them. The Lord said to Joshua, get this, today I'll make you, I will begin to exalt you in the eyes of all Israel so that they may know that I'm with you just as I was with Moses. Tell the priest to carry the Ark of the Covenant. When you reach the edge of the Jordan waters, go and stand in the river. Then it says in verse 14, and a bit further on in the chapter, okay, verse 14 says, So when the people broke camp, they crossed in uh, the Jordan, and the priest carrying the Ark of the Covenant went ahead of them. And they went and stood in the river, okay? And then down in verse 17, it says, The priest carried the Ark, stopped right in the middle of the Jordan, stood on dry ground. What? Sorry, let's go back. Verse 15 says this. Oh, and the Jordan is at flood stage. So the Jordan is at the most awkward Tricky, ridiculous time to try and cross. It's flooded. It doesn't make sense. And they're going to cross. And they're going to break camp. And they're going to know breakthrough in God. Okay. Lots of things to take from that. First thing, in, I really want to just give you guys, um, and this is for as much as for me as it is for you, it's a pack-up plan. Now, really, the experts in the room are Josh and Lewis, because you guys actually managed to do it, so good job. But in, in, in regards to life, sometimes we need a bit of a pack-up plan, okay? Because this place can become stale. This place can become, you know, comfortable and easy, whereas God's actually got more than that for you and me. So a pack-up plan is really important. And from that passage, what I think is really important to know is this first one, pack-up plan number one. It's about pursuing, or not just pursuing, proclaiming the promises of God. I love it. Because what Joshua does is he gets a surge of energy. Bearing in mind that there's a people that have been in this camp for 40 years. And Joshua stands up, the new guy, the new kid on the block. He stands up and he goes, today, get this, amazing things are going to happen. Yes! Amazing things can happen. Amazing. Well, where did you get that from, Joshua? I know you're a bit eager and you're a bit keen. You're the new guy, but just to let you know, we've been here for 40 years. 
was it that Joshua got so excited about? Did he just wake up and think, whoa, today amazing things are going to happen because I've had my Weetabix. No, did he just think positively? Like, yes, woohoo, the sun is shining, the birds are singing, I've read my Bible, amazing things are going to happen. What was it about Joshua as a leader that says, today's going to be different, amazing things can happen. Joshua, for me, he was a man who knew the promise of God. Here's why. Joshua chapter 1, it says that God spoke to him and says, Joshua, be strong and courageous because you are going to be the leader that helps the people get to the promised land. Big clue, God makes a promise to him and he makes it really simple. He goes, promised land, promised land. Now, if you're ever going to remember a promise by God, you know, what was the promise again? Ah. Oh. Promised land, that was the promise. And I think for Joshua, it wasn't that he just had his Weetabix in the morning. It wasn't that he just suddenly went, whoa. It wasn't that he was like ready to go. For Joshua, be strong and courageous. Be strong and courageous. Be strong and courageous. God's called me to take the land. God's called me to inherit the land, to lead the people. He's called me to lead them. Be strong and courageous. The promised land. Today, amazing things can happen. Proclamation of promise. Proclamation takes you into the place of progress, out of camp, into the new thing that God has for you. Because God's promises are always yes and amen. In fact, when we stand on God's promises, we can't stay here. We have to move out. Because guess what? God, when he makes a promise to you, it doesn't fall short. It doesn't, it doesn't come back void or empty. When we proclaim the promises... I promise you, like, there's moments in my life where I've experienced God's promise where it doesn't make sense. But because God has promised it, it means that I'm going to pursue it and I'm going to watch it happen. I'm not going to stay in this place. Promises. You know, sometimes there's nice promises that we like to keep. Like, you know, we think, oh, this will keep, this will be safe. One of the things that I was really challenged by was this idea of, um, it was Psalm 23, and David writes, he says, he makes me lie down in green pastures, okay? And it's always stuck with me because it's like we read that in the West, okay? And it's a nice, oh, he makes me lie down in green meadows. Ha, ah, I'm just going to lie down in my campsite. He makes me lie down. Ah, this is so safe. I'm so happy. He makes me lie down. This is easy. Green meadows is nice and relaxing, isn't it? But here's the challenge, okay? Even in that promise, what's really interesting is I was, uh, someone was saying this, and it stuck with me. They asked the question, where are the green meadows in Israel? Because in the UK, we've got loads of green meadows and fields in the summer. It's beautiful. We love it. They don't exist in Israel. And the person that wrote, he makes me lie down in green pastures, he's from Israel. He's a shepherd who, who's a, who was, you know, a good shepherd, David wrote it saying he makes me lie down. And the reason why he says in Israel what you have is there's lots of pockets. Well, it's really, it's all barren and dry and desert. But he says there's pockets of green. Okay, there's, 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 there's little spaces where there's green pasture. And the good shepherd, for the sake of the sheep, leads them to a place of substance. Not staying, because eventually the pocket of green, you know, if you're the good shepherd, you know it's going to run, run dry. But if you're the good shepherd, what you know is that in order to have substance for the sheep, he makes me, he moves me into the next thing. And when David writes, he makes me lie down in green pastures, he's not saying, oh, chill out, man, it's all good. 
he makes me lie down. No, no, he's saying he makes me, he progresses me, he moves me, he constantly pushes me and leads me, guides and directs me. He makes me lie down in good places, better places. Are you with me? And the next thing, uh, package plan number two, is um, really it's from the priest's point of view in the story. The priests were people who carried the presence of God. Okay, they literally, the weight of the presence was on their shoulders, okay? The Ark of the Covenant. And what's really interesting in the story is they're carrying this weighty presence, very important, holy, holy presence. And there was, like, if they got it wrong, there was actually, like, severe consequence and punishment because it was really special. It was, it was the holy presence of God on their shoulders. And the Bible says, you know, 2,000 cubits. Don't come any closer. This is really, really special, so they marked out one, two, three, 1,997, 1,998, 1,999, 2,000. Caroline, take a step back. You're too close. Cassandra, how many times have I told you? Move back. We have to start again now. One, two, three, 2,000 cubits. Very important, special. Holy presence of God. Really important. Are you with me? Really special. <laughs> I don't know why I want to do that. I just have this picture in my head of the priest being like, okay. I don't know what, I've got a weird mind, okay. Step back, it's special, holy presence of God. And then Joshua, the new guy, says, yeah, you know that holy, special presence of God that you've been carrying, the weight of God's presence? I want you to go and stand in the middle of the river. Sorry, Joshua, (laughs) you're new, aren't you? Yeah, Moses, yeah, he was, you want us to take the presence into the middle of the river. It's, it's the worst time, to, it's flooded. The Bible says it's like ridiculous, it doesn't make sense. But you expect us to go into the place of risk. This is special, this is the presence of God. Like, and the thing is, is that they broke camp, and they didn't just break camp in regards to, I just, they got to the water's edge, and the Bible says that they didn't go, well, <laughs> Moses had a stick, you know, in the past. Moses, he, was, he led them out of Egypt into where they were leading, leading them towards, and he says that Moses put his staff into the water, and suddenly, whoo, breakthrough. So they could have looked to the past and gone, yeah. Joshua, have you got a stick? No, I don't have a stick. But what they did is the Bible says that as they stepped, as they took a step into, so breaking camp, okay? We've spoken about proclamation of promise, but sometimes breaking camp means that we just have to take one step and watch what God does. Because the proclamation of promise, breaking camp, okay, not just in terms of um, stepping out, breaking camp, proclamation of promise is sometimes about speaking out breakthrough, breaking camp. It's going to happen. Amazing things can happen. But there's other times where what's required is just to, even though it doesn't make sense, but step into. Are you with me? So breaking camp um, for us today and for, for, for what I'm speaking about, it's about the fact that you and I carry the presence of God and we're called into the river into the rivers. And the river was flowing, the Bible says. It was, it was flooded. And the thing is, is in, in, in our life, sometimes we're up against it. We're at the water's edge and we're kind of 
waiting for God to do something when he's saying, take a step. Step into the breakthrough. And here's the thing, is that the flowing rivers is really interesting because often in life, we're up against it. The water is flowing heavy with insecurity sometimes. The way we go into the workplace, there's gossip. There's bad language. There's discontentment with life, discouragement, negativity. And what God is calling you and me to do in breaking camp is saying, yeah, the water is flowing. There is all of these problems. Go and carry the presence into that thing, that circumstance, that place. It's that one person that you know. This is what it looks like. It's that one person that you know that's really struggling. We all know that one person that we know that, we, that, that is just under spiritual attack, that's been under it for a long time. And what God is calling us to do in breaking camp is stepping, carrying the presence into that situation and standing with them. Where are the risky places? Where are they? Because I think what God's calling us to do is to continually look for them and be a difference maker. That's what it looks like to break camp. It's easy to be a good Christian and stay here. It's comfortable. It's safe. And eventually the fire burns out. And, you know, we lose even a sense of energy and passion to even get up and rekindle the fire. But what's required is God saying, break camp. Carry the presence into the difficult situations. Be a difference maker. And the last point in in pack-up plan, number three, if you feel like you're at a campsite where you've been for a while and it's got stale... The last point is this, and I think it's really from the community, the people, because they were familiar, they were actually used to breaking camp. They had to do it regularly. For 40 years, they were constantly having to break camp. The Bible says in Numbers that sometimes it was for two days and then God would move them on. Sometimes it was for, you know, for two months and then God would say, it's time to break camp, and they'd have to move on. So they were familiar. So it gets to this point now where Joshua's like, yeah, this time we're going to break camp and we're going to get to the place that we've been striving for for 40 years. And suddenly, the people then, they, they kind of, they just persevere. This is the last point. Persevering in what you know is right. Sometimes it doesn't happen a hundred times, but the one time it does happen. And that's because perseverance has outworked itself. The thing is, is this place that we find ourselves in, with, where, where the fires may be burnt out and, and really everything kind of becomes a bit stale because what happens is, is we begin to kind of not just get lazy but the spirit of apathy says well Jake you're speaking a really powerful sermon or passionate sermon it doesn't really change much like, I don't really have that much energy and get up and go I'll, I'll just stay here or it says you know other things like, well, I've actually tried before in the past and nothing's happened. But perseverance is, is going again. Like, I'm so glad that Joshua and Lewis persevered because as much as we f- I failed miserably, and I did fail miserably at packing up and breaking camp, like, it would have happened eventually. And I feel like sometimes... The enemy gets the better of us when it comes to moving into the next thing that God has for us because we lose that get up and drive to try again, to go again. 
the challenge I think often is knowing that if we want to outwork the promises that God has made for us, when was the last time that you proclaimed the promises of God? When was the last time that you carried his presence into the place of risk? And when was the last time that you just tried again? Because those three things together as a package helps us to continually progress in where God has called us to be. And if we don't outwork those things, we stay stuck and stale. And the thing is, I find this sermon really hard because I feel like I'm speaking against a spirit of apathy where it's like, "Mm, I don't really care. Do you know what I mean? It's like, it doesn't really matter. Praying, take it or leave it. Church on a Sunday, nah. But that's not what God has and intends for your life. God actually says, he's made a promise to you. That promises are, those promises are always yes and amen. His plan is to prosper you, not to harm you, give you hope and a future. In fact, no weapon formed against you shall prosper. Those are the promises of God that we declare and that we stand in that moves us out of a place of apathy into the place of energy and passion and drive and zeal. You know, the presence of God, uh, uh, I'm glad that, 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 we, that we, I mean, we didn't manage to do it together, but Josh and Lewis managed to do it. You need to know that you carry the presence of Jesus into the difficult places. And, and, and breaking out just looks like taking one step and watching breakthrough, watching it happen. And perseverance, perseverance, trying again, going again, even though you've tried a hundred times, the, the hundred and one time that you try, it's going to happen. So I, I guess the responsibility is, is not in my sermon or, you know, sometimes hoping and waiting. The responsibility to break camp and take the package plan is it's on you. Like, it is possible. Sorry to be blunt and negative. It is possible to stay stuck here and I think it's so hard because God has so much more for your life I think that's one of the hardest things being in ministry actually is watching people that you know God has more for stay sat down stay here and um, the thing is is I, I, I sometimes we can be wounded by past and we can, even like the past 18 months, can feel like almost traumatic. And it prevents us to think, well, it's, it's not just that, that it's hard to move, but it's, it's safe. The, the past hasn't been easy. So to try and get up and go again is, is hard. And, um, and you have to trust that God is faithful. God is faithful to provide the next good thing for you. Even though you don't necessarily see it, he's faithful. He's good. Um, I'm going to say one last thing, and it's one thing that I say in kids' church a lot. Is um, Actually, I'm going to say two last things. The, the one thing is, I say in kids' church, hey, what have we been learning in kids' church? What have we been doing? And it's really more for me than it is for them, because it helps me to know what's actually going in if there is anything that's going in and they remember anything. 
And sometimes the answers are mental. And sometimes they're really surprising because they'll be like remembering things from three years ago. And you're like, what? That's amazing. The thing is, is that uh, in church, what have we been doing? We've been doing the back to school, back to school. What have we been doing? Five back to school things. Anyone know what they are? Spiritual health, relational health, physical health, financial health, and emotional, emotional health. Yeah, the me we, yeah. Um, like, we could, with those things that we've been learning and hearing about, I feel like the, the tension is, is that we could just stay stuck, even in our finances, even in our relationships, even in our emotional and spiritual. The reality is, is that God wants us not to stay stuck in those things, but he wants us to proclaim promise. He wants us to persevere in presence. He wants us to persevere in those things so that we don't just go financially I'm rubbish with my finances but we proclaim no I'm amazing amazing things can happen today what's amazing about that as well is that the amazing things that can happen in the very next couple of verses God speaks and says yeah today I'm going to make you something special God says in the next verse he says Joshua today is the day so after Joshua says amazing things, Joshua, uh, God, not Joshua, God then speaks and says, yeah, today you can do it. Do you see the, 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 the weird overlap where, where Joshua goes, amazing things can happen in my life. Amazing things can be outworked. Miracles and breakthrough. And God says, yeah, today, today it will happen. And um, I really want to, us to take hold of what I'm saying and speak with declaration, step into, out with declaration, and God says, today, today it can happen for you. Um, there was a moment, I didn't share this, I'm going to share this really quickly, I've got, I'm already over time, but I think it's really important. We took a bunch of soul, uh, soul survivor, a bunch of young people to Soul Survivor, 2018, 19, thank you, 2019, there's about 30 of us, okay? And let me tell you this story really quickly because um, it was one of the most traumatic experiences of my life and it ended in disaster. The fact that I'm telling you this story is risky because there's a potential for me to lose my job, okay? What happened was, literally, I'm in my tent and suddenly I hear screams, okay? The screams are not like normal youth, like, oh, we're having fun screams. It was like, oh, we're going to die screams, Okay, and the thing is, is there was about 30 screams in the campsite. As, a youth, as, a, as the youth leader and the person that was responsible, in my head I'm thinking, if they're not Sunny Hill youth screams, I don't really care. But because they were all 30 youth from Sunny Hill screaming, I had to care. And I'm not, I'm, I kid you not, I came out of my tent, okay, and I seen the sky had gone black. Like there was this, the sun had been blocked out. The marquee, okay, about the size of this room, was lifted up into the air, okay? And as it was lifted up into the air, uh, like literally, it was like something out of 2012. Have you seen the film, like 2012? It was like a disaster movie. It was like, what? So like me and another guy uh, called Scott Jones, okay, he, we like went running, went to grab this thing, holding it down desperately, okay? As much as I was holding it, it was like hurting, and Scott, okay, he was holding on, and you know exactly what happened. He was holding on, and literally he got lifted up about five feet into the air. Because him versus the wind, he wasn't going to win that fight. 
And eventually we both had to let go and just watch the marquee dwindle off down, further down the campsite. And the thing is, I guess what I want to say to us is sometimes what happens, and I hope this sermon has done this today, is we were forced to break camp 24 hours early because the the marquee had been moved by the wind. And what I want for us is that sometimes God requires us to break camp so much that his spirit just comes and moves things, okay? And it's not about whether we like it or not. Let me tell you, if God requires you to break camp, if this place has got stale, it doesn't matter whether you enjoy it or not or think that it's right or not, or want to move or not. It's actually sometimes just about how much you fight it. Because me and Scott, if we'd held on, I'm not, I kid you not, it would have taken my arm off, and Scott would have gone with the wind. He, he, was, a, he was goner if he'd hold on, right? And the thing is, sometimes I think we hold on, and we hold on, and we hold on, and it becomes so dry and stale, and and. We lose the get up and go, and God has more for us. The wind of his spirit just to come and blow on you right now, to require you to let go, let go and, 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 and move on in what God has for you. And it's not about location. I'm not saying, you know, it's about the next thing that God has for you in your workplace, in your family, in your children, like in, in, in the environments that we find ourselves in. God wants us to be difference makers. He wants us to not be stale and stuck in this place where it becomes, you know, comfortable and safe, but equally, every day, pursuing being in relationship with Jesus, drive, my get up and go, my zeal for God is, is still alive and kicking, going to church on a Sunday is not just enough for me, but actually every single day, the drive and passion is still going because the fire is burning, and I'm going to keep pursuing God, I'm going to keep, keep, keep chasing after Jesus, I'm going to keep going, I'm not going to stay stuck. Um. So if, if, if anything that you feel that I've said to you has been challenging, if you feel like, ah, that, that's true, I feel like I've been in camp for a long time and God is calling me to be in the next thing. He's calling me for more. He's calling me to step up, step out, step into the broken places, the hurting places. He's calling me to proclaim promise again. I've forgotten the promises of God. I haven't been proclaiming the promises of God. I'm going to start to proclaim them, stand in them. And the perseverance, you know, emotional health, spiritual health, you know, I'm, I'm going to just persevere. Going to keep going, I'm going to keep going, I'm going to keep going. If that's you, I, I just, um, what I would like is if it's possible just to stand up as a declaration and say, I'm going to break camp. I'm not going to stay stuck. I'm going to step into God, what God has for me. Because I do think that, that God is, is, is blowing his spirit into the next season, into the next good thing. And if that's you, I want to just really just have an opportunity just to now make that declaration. Make that stand. And literally what it looks like is you being in your camp chair and saying, yeah, I don't want to be here anymore in terms of this, this not physical place, but spiritual place of apathy. I want to have passion reading my Bible. I want to have power in my prayers. I want to feel his presence and carry it into the places that he's called me to carry it in. I don't want to be like, I don't want to be stuck. So if that's you, I'm going to ask, I'm going to pray right now. And if you want to stand as a declaration, we're just going to, as a symbol to God to say, yeah, it's time for that to happen. It's time for me to break camp, even though it's hard and difficult. It's time to do it.
God, we thank you so much that you know what's best for us. In fact, you know better than we know ourselves. And God, I pray for every single person that stood and standing right now. I pray that you would give them a spirit of boldness, a spirit of courage. You've not given us a spirit of fear or timidity. You've given us a spirit of power and love and self-leadership. So right now, we take that bold declaration. We're going to start to proclaim the promises. We're going to start to pursue the presence. And we're going to continue to persevere in what you've called us to do. God, we know there's leaders in the room. We know that you've anointed us for such a time as this. God, right now, I pray if there's been people that have, have been stale and stuck and empty and dry and the fire has burnt out, right now, I ask God that you wouldn't just rekindle the fire, but you'd give them the energy to get up and go, to move again. It's time to move. Right now, God, I pray that you give them that conviction deep down in their heart, a conviction that comes from your Holy Spirit that says they can do it. It is possible. And right now, God, I pray right now that they would know that you've called them. You're calling them to step out, not to stay stuck. God, I pray right now if there's guilt that's preventing them, if there's past situations of brokenness that's making them stand on water's edge, pray, God, that they would take that step, that one step. And God, I pray that they would see miracles and breakthrough. We're leaving camp behind in Jesus' name. Amen.